And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hope you're having an awesome day. It is sunny in Southern California, in case you're wondering. Actually, it's been cloudy all day, and then the sun just broke out. Um, the clouds are kind of burning off and stuff, so I'm actually really excited. I was expecting to be a full-blown cloud day, and it's sunny, so that's cool. Um, I'm excited to spend a little bit of time with you right now and talk about um, leading your team well and and what you you and I need to do to make sure that we always do that. Um, so I want to talk about resting um, and pulling back. I'm gonna give you, I'll give you a personal update um, at the end, by the way. Um, some, some interesting stuff has just taken, taken place that's uh, causing us to uh, make some adjustments in our life. Um, but I want to talk about uh, resting. So when your team grows and your business grows, uh, new things come up. So what most network marketers experience is that they've got more people vying for their time. And... You know, the, most people try to be um, everywhere for other people, and they try to help everyone, and it really screws them up. So that's why that eighty twenty episode from a few episodes back is so important. Um, you know, and even if you're really good at that, you can still like your <clears throat> even your twenty percenters will start taking up all of your time because there's so many of them, and then you have to move into your five percenters, and then you have to move into your one percenters, and you should just naturally grow through this. But you have to be specific and intentional about doing it. Otherwise, you can completely um, lose your sanity. Um, we've coached people on the marketing side of – so we've had six-figure earners that have come to us already making six figures. And they want to like you know take what they're doing and, and bring it online with funnels and, and advertising and things. And, and it's funny because when they come to us, like they're the furthest thing from free and available. You know, they're – their income is like literally a hundred thousand dollars is not that much money at all. And they're super busy, right? They're constantly answering messages. They're getting on the phone. They're sending text messages. They're all over Facebook messenger. And they're basically just this. I just, it's almost like there's just scattering around and chasing, chasing things and reacting all the time. And it just seems it's so unpeaceful. I just am like, I don't want anything to do with that. But that's like what I've seen over and over again with people in that range of, you know, probably like 50, 60 grand in earnings to like 
150 or 200, 250 in earnings. Like they're just constantly reacting, constantly busy, and they don't really ever enjoy their life very much. And but they give this illusion that they're free, right, um, and that they have this flexibility. But it's all bullcrap. Um, and so, of course, there's that, right? And you got to deal with that. And listen to the eighty twenty episode. And if you just apply that stuff, it can probably fix the vast majority of it. Um, but the next thing is 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 more of an overarching principle, and this is pulling back, getting out of the almost the rat race of your own business or the constant reaction of your own business, and leading them. So. You know, a great example is from the Bible. Jesus pulled back all the time, and he would go and be alone and in solitude and pray. And then he would come out and, you know, lead and teach and, you know, lead his 12 disciples and teach the multitudes, right? Um, and, but a lot of times you would see him in the, in the scriptures and he would actually, he would, he would go away after that. He would go out on his own into the mountains or onto a boat, or he would just disappear altogether. And, sometimes for, you know, days, sometimes for way longer than just days, Uh, like many, many days, many weeks, over a month. And he'd go and be by himself. And, you know, I can't, uh, of course, (laughs) speak to what exactly he was doing. I don't, I don't know. But I do believe that he was finding clarity. He was, you know, if you're, uh, if you're uh, a believer of Christianity, you know, probably praying to God, um, well, either, even if you're not a believer of Christianity, he was probably praying to God. Um, he was probably finding clarity. And I find that to be so interesting. So even if you don't believe in Christianity, <clears throat> no one can argue that he has had a, Jesus has had a massive impact in the world. I mean, I think I've heard stats that as many as a third of the world's population are Christians or more. So that's, that's a lot, that's billions of people, right? That's a lot of people. And so, and that's 2,000 years after he, after he lived. So clearly what his, his methods have been extremely effective. And he only had a ministry for three years. So literally in three years, he's created a movement that's engulfed over a third of the world. And everyone has heard of Jesus Christ. So literally everyone's heard of him and a third of the people believe in what he did. So that's crazy, right? And my point is not, you know, to get on a, you know, uh, uh, the, you know, <laughs> on the preacher's table. Uh, the point is to talk about pulling back. So even him, who has built this insane movement called Christianity, <clears throat> he spent a huge amount of his time pulling back and getting perspective, getting clarity. And so I find myself needing to do that a lot because as the business is growing and growing and growing and growing, I'm having more and more people vie for my time, for our time, um, and it's to the point where even the 20 percenters are, if I gave them everything, I would have nothing. So I would have no time for myself and guiding the business. I have no time for my family. Just because just, just the 20 percenters, probably even more like the 10 percenters, would take up all of it. So even in the midst of that, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect at this. But I have to remember and do my very best to intentionally pull back, not answer the phone. In fact, in fact, just keep the phone away from me completely. Pull back for days, day two, three, four, five. Pull back entirely. Don't talk to anyone and just think and just write 
and where's the vision of the business going? See, <clears throat> that does piss off some people, not going to lie to you. Some of the team is like, where did Zach go? But here's what most people do. Most people don't even realize I'm gone. And secondly, only the little kind of like peons are, were, are like wondering where Zach went. The real people that are actually producing don't wonder because they're, produ- they're busy producing. But here's the more important thing. Without the vision of the business, all of them don't have a business. All of them don't have something to grab onto. Because most of your team, even your performers, don't have enough of a vision to hold the team together until that team is massive, brutally massive. So, I mean, your team has to be absolutely enormous for there to be other visionaries down there that will carry that team without you, like completely without you and without your vision. Even teams of 50, 60,000 people where they're actually engaged. So it's very, not that I've, I've seen, <laughs> there's lots of teams out there with 50 to 100,000 people where you don't have influence. Okay, that's not, that to me, that's not very impressive. What's impressive to me is where you have influence over 50 to 100,000 people. Like you could say, in your downline, by the way, where you could say, hey guys, everyone move to that company and they'd all go. That's what I'm talking about. That's impressive to me. Um, so when you have that, that, that leader up there, even at a team that big, if you've got true influence, you still need to be the one carrying the vision. So if you don't pull back and get clarity on the vision, you can't lead the team. So you actually serve your people better by pulling back and resting. And of course, I'm talking to, I'm talking to people that have already produced and you already have a team right now. I'm not talking to people that have not produced yet. Um, as far as a timetable goes, you know, I've tried to be, have consistent timetables with this. What I've found is that it's usually better for me to kind of wing it. <laughs> um, and so but it generally ends up being about once a month that I have to pull back for at least a couple days. I've tried to be like, okay, I'll just every Saturday, I'll pull back and think for three hours. Or, you know, once, um, once a month, I'll pick out two days, and I'll literally do it. I haven't found that to be that effective. For some reason, I think it's because my mind isn't ready or something like that. So I generally wait until I'm feeling like overwhelmed, or the very early stages of overwhelm. Because um, I, I, now I know before I didn't. But now I know when I feel those very early stages of overwhelm, I need to pull back. And so now I'm kind of waiting until I get those early stages of overwhelm and then I pull back before I get truly overwhelmed. And I, in those few days, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three, again, sometimes I've even done five. The first kind of 20 to 50% of that timetable, I'm literally just resting, just unplugging, just pulling back out, right? And I'm doing my very, very best not to answer or do absolutely anything, and I'm just literally pulling back out so that I can gain clarity. And in the last 50% of the time, I'm writing the vision or thinking or things like that. And if you think that, oh my gosh, I don't have time for that, that is actually an indication that you must make time. So there's a saying in meditation that if you don't have 30 minutes a day to meditate, you better take three hours. Same thing here. If you don't have time to pull back from your business, you better pull back from your business because that thing is running you into the ground. 
last thing I'll kind of mention because it's not on the same topic as all of this is there's times when you hustle and there's times when you rest. And if you try to do everything all the time, you're going to burn yourself out and you'll never have true vision and you'll never be able to take the business where it needs to go. And you can get short-term results, but you'll probably be stuck at 100 grand, under 100 grand a year for the rest of your life and you'll probably always be working for it. So let's say you're hustling right now and there's a, I would imagine the vast majority of listeners are. That's okay and you need to. But take some time every day to stop. So let's say you are full-time and you're hustling from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's fine. Totally fine. But at 6 p.m., you're done. You're literally done. Turn the phone off if you have to. Turn it on airplane mode. Whatever. Get rid of it. Get a second phone. That's what I did for a long time. I had two phones. A personal phone and a business phone. Get a second phone if you have to. If you're addicted to the technology, whatever. Just get another phone. Even better is put the phone away entirely, right? Um, Get an iPad and disconnect it from your text messages or whatever. But fully just unplug until the next day. And then when you start your day at 9 a.m., don't start with reactionary things, meaning don't open up your email, don't open up your messages, make your plan first the day before and execute the plan before getting into reactionary things. So for instance, today I've got a lot to do. Um, I've also, I literally opened up my Voxer app to send one message that I was planning to send. And I saw how many out messages were in there. There's about a jillion of them. I'm not going to answer or look at a single one until I'm done with all of my things that I've planned to do today. Because the end of the day, I'm not being cocky, I'm just being truthful, and you have to do the same thing. I'm the most important person in my business. Ashley's the most important person in my business. The two of us together are the most important people in our business. You're the most important person in yours. So you have to take care of you, and you have to take care of the business. Because if you don't do that, the business will cease to exist, or you'll work for money for the rest of your life. So hopefully that all makes sense. Um, I was going to give you a personal update, and... I guess I'll do that. Um, so by the way, if you found value in this, before I give you the personal update, just scroll down below and leave a review and a rating. That'd be super, super appreciative. I'd just be so grateful if you would do that. Um, really, really would help us out and uh, let us know that um, you're enjoying the show. Um, personal update is this. So uh, we have, I don't even know if, I may have told you this already and I apologize if this is a double take, but it's okay. So we, in the, we have this uh, beautiful house in, um, it's called uh, Oceanside is the name of the town. Oceanside, California, as you can guess, it's next to the ocean. Um, and uh, so it's just north of San Diego. And we've got this just beautiful, beautiful house. We're so blessed by it. Um, um, we Last year, when we decided to fully move to California and move our things out of storage here, we actually um, we got a house that we thought we loved. And it ended up being a really just bad situation. Uh, basically, there, it, there was just... There was just so much noise. The road was really close to the house. There's dogs everywhere, and they'd just be barking. We were about to have a first baby, and we're just like, "Man, this place sucks." So we broke the lease, all above board. We, you know, paid the money to break the lease. We found the new tenant for the place in our own dime. Um, all these things, and we then looked for a new house. We found this new house, and um, and you know, we believe that the Lord moved our competition out of the way because it's a very competitive landscape out here, and uh, you know hard to get picked basically 
Um, and so um, he moved our competition out of the way. We got the place, and it's beautiful. Um, it's uh, it's an older house built in the late 80s, but it's been fully remodeled and just totally gutted and remodeled, and it's amazing. Way better than new, well, in my opinion, better than new construction because most new construction um, isn't as beautiful as what the, the owner did here. So we've got these big clamshell doors that fold together and overlook a forest preserve behind the house. So there's nothing behind us. It's just, um, just forest preserve, and we're literally 12 minutes from the beach. Um, so getting anything by the close to the water with, you know, without having neighbors on top of you is very, very difficult and very expensive. So the fact that we got this is incredibly awesome. Um, so the, the yard wraps around the whole house, just this big, big kind of sweeping yard that's um, got crushed rocks on one side and um, beautiful um, like bricklay uh, along the back. And then it leads into um, a patio that leads into an in-ground pool and in-ground hot tub. Um, and, um, and so it's just, it's just beautiful. The whole inside has been redone, um, white, white granite with like white cabinetry and see-through glass stuff that kind of showcases like these beautiful white China plates with gold rims that actually, uh, that we got for our wedding. Um, you know, there's, uh, I think there's four, there's four bedrooms. So there's a space for Bellamy, of course, <coughs> me and Ashley guest bedroom, and then an office for me. Um, and then Ashley has a, has a desk in, um, in, in the den, um, you know, fireplace kind of close to her desk, which is super cool. And so, you know, I don't really share any of the material things that we have or do because I don't want you to be here because of um, material success that we may have. I want you to be here because the system that we teach works. Um, so I don't really share that kind of stuff. And also, it's just not in our nature to be kind of boasting. Uh, we just don't really like people to do that. And so we, we don't want to do it. Um, anyway, I tell you all that to say that we got very, very blessed with this place. Um, and you know, at the time it was more than we wanted to spend, but it was, it was very doable for us. It was just more than we were spending, more than we wanted to spend. So we, we mentally stretched to get it. Well, the landlord has multiple properties out here and he moved to another town because he wanted to bring his school his kids into that particular school in that district. Well, two weeks ago he came over and basically his kids are having a really rough time with COVID and stuff. Um, and the school district that he moved for is really not, it's not being, uh, utilized. So he told us two weeks ago that at the end of our lease, which is in two and a half, two months, that he wants to move back into this house with his family because it's so much bigger and has so much more space. And the, the backyard I've already told you about, the forest preserve, the pool, the neighbors are amazing, all these things. And we were planning to be here for three to five years and, and he was planning to have us here for three to five years. Um, so that was already well established. And so that was a huge just blow. Um, and he did, he did offer his house that he's moving out of, which is in a a better location than this, um, but it's you know significantly more condensed because of uh, the fact that it's in a more desirable neighborhood. Um, and so it's like, well, I don't really, <laughs> I don't want to trade with you. Um, and so that's just a huge bummer. And so we're dealing with that right now, and um, starting to like, we did not think we'd have to be dealing with this. We decorated this whole house. Ashley was about to buy the last finishing touches before we found out. Um, and it's like, man, this is kind of a bummer. So, uh, so we're looking again and the crazy thing is, and this is, this is the kind of the kicker is that, um, is that, uh, a lot of the, you know, so there's a huge exodus out of California. If you didn't notice, uh, there's a lot of people are leaving because California is a bunch of crazy people. Um, now where we're at is almost a little safe haven of a bunch of normal people, but most people are leaving California. Well, 
a lot of people from San Francisco, which is Silicon Valley, you know, high paid uh, tech employees are moving down here because they don't need to live up there anymore because they're working from home. So they're coming in here and buying and renting up all the rentals and jacking the prices through the roof because most of these people are complete buffoons with their cash. They just, you know, like most employees, they spend everything they make. And so they're, they're just bidding these rentals way, way, way up. So this place is already expensive. San Diego is already not cheap. Um, you know, it's the, one of the most expensive places in the world. And the only other places that are more like sometimes DC is depending on where you're going and Silicon Valley. And, and parts of LA. That's it. Like everything else is cheaper. Like in pretty much the whole world, maybe the Dubai is more. Um, and so they're jacking the prices all over the place. And so for what we spend here, it's not like nothing comparable is out there. So like we're basically for sure going to have to spend more um, to have anything remotely comparable. And this is, like I said, a gem. It's very difficult to find, even if you had a truly unlimited budget. The last thing is that Ashley and I, we are not we're more on the frugal side than we are on the spending everything we make side. So, um, <laughs> like, and, and we attribute that to the fact that we really had a difficult time in business for those six years that I share with you a lot. Um, and so we are very, um, careful with, with what we spend and we, we spend, we spend much less than we make because number one, um, we don't want to be house broke. That sucks. And two is, you know, no one knows what the future holds. And um, if we're making all this progress now, I don't want that progress to be in vain if something happens someday, right? So um, we would rather secure assets, insurance on those assets, et cetera, than waste all of our money on, you know, living live this crazy psycho lifestyle. So could we just completely buy our way out of the problem and get this very expensive place that is basically has no competition on it because of the price point and all these things like yes it, it, yes it, it is a doable thing neither Ashley and I would probably sleep well at night with that though um you know uh, a friend of ours actually one of the guys that works for us he said well you know just think in a couple of years you might do it meaning that we might be earning more and I was like you know honestly dude I don't think so because you you do get to a point where you just don't need to continue to inflate your expenses you know you everything is good enough. And sure, you could go further. But the diminishing return law is has taken place. And, you know, you're just increasing output, uh, outflow of money without really um, increasing your happiness in any way. Um, and so anyway, we're kind of dealing with that. I'm not really wanting to and in case you're wondering, because a lot of people have asked, uh, and actually an annoying amount of people have asked why we are not purchasing a house. I'm not going to get into it all right now. Um, but one of the reasons is that um, claiming the income needed to purchase the house that we would want would cause our taxes to spike significantly. And to the point where the financial drawbacks are outweigh the financial positives. Also, most people actually don't know how to crunch math on a mortgage. And um, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, unless you're going to live in a house for 15 years or more, most people don't make any money. So I know you might want to throw stones at me depending on who you are, but I double dog dare you to do the math on interest rates and amortization tables and um, the cycles of the market. And if you're keeping a house for less than 15 years, um, generally speaking, you're not making money. Now, if it's over 15 years, different story. Um, but we 
definitely don't know if we would stay in California for over 15 years because I don't know if you noticed, but it's California. So, and that's just kind of to wet your whistle in case you're wondering, why don't you just buy a house? That's why. Um, now, needless to say, this whole moving thing is causing me to rethink that um, because there are ways to purchase a house without a traditional mortgage, um, things like that. Uh, you can <laughs> connect the dots on that one. Um, and so it has caused us to rethink that and, and, and that sort of a thing. Um, but, uh, but most likely we'll be renting regardless for the next year or so because um, we'd have to have an incredible deal right now because the market is absolutely insane. People are bidding up houses um, but above asking price on the first day, sight unseen. Um, so uh, we are in a bubble that uh, doesn't make sense. And all the people that were affected negatively by COVID are not buying houses. They are getting foreclosed on probably in the near future. Um, so this would be, a, in my opinion, a bad time to purchase, at least here. At least here. So, um, yeah, that's the update. Um, so we're looking for uh, a new spot and uh, looking forward to securing that and hopefully not having to deal with this, this again anytime soon. So um, anyway, hope you have an amazing day, you guys. Hope you found value in this episode. Um, we love you. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. And if you could, uh, leave that review and a rating below if you find value in this, ep- in this episode or the podcast itself. That just means a lot to me and uh, really helps us know to continue to produce this show. So, guys, appreciate you. Hope you have a great day. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.